Hello and welcome to Sumo Mainichi. This is our Talking Sumo episode. I'm Amy. I'm here with Dave. We're in Melbourne, Australia, and we are here to, as it says on the box, talk sumo. <laughs> yeah, Talking Sumo is just a bit of a, an opportunity for you and I just to sit back away from the basho, away from the banzuke, and just talk about sumo. Well, it's mostly the things that don't happen on the doyo, though. Yeah, and there's so much. So much. At the moment. I mean, it still feels like a recovery from the pandemic times, you know, when everything's just settled down a little bit in terms of what was going on. And now um, there's a real correction. There's the big, the great sumo correction. Yeah, the big <laughs> overswing. So settle in. This is going to be a bumper episode of Talking Sumo today. That's my prediction. Uh, before we kick off, a big thank you to, I was going to say Patreon subscriber because I'm so used to... Yeah. <laughs> people saying that on other podcasts, but no, a big thank you to Kim who made a contribution to the Sumo Mainichi Sake Fund. Kim kept it really simple in her message. Mm. Three words, Hoshoryu for Yokozuna. Yes. Powerful. Okay. Very economical use of the English language. To there. the point and echoing a sentiment I'm seeing around everywhere. Yeah. Just huge props, huge support for Hoshoryu at the moment. He is so popular. What's happened? Since mm. uh, since the Basho wrapped up uh, weeks ago, it seems to be a surge of Hoshoryu support uh, happening online, happening in real life. I think so. I think I've seen it simmering away for a while and uh, everybody was waiting till the promise started to be fulfilled, I think. And I just think he's really coming into his truth and power. Oh, absolutely. So <laughs> well, big yeah. thank you to Kim uh, for your contribution. Uh, if you'd like to make a donation to the podcast, you can do so via links in all of our social media channels. Uh, it's a donation via PayPal using our uh, email address, sumomainichi at gmail.com. We sure are. So much to talk about. So a lot of Ozeki news and the one that happened straight after the January Basho won by Terano Fuji, uh, lost by Konowaka, but his uh, prize anyway was being made Ozeki. We yeah. knew it straight away. We knew it at the end of the Basho. It was confirmed very, very quickly. And this is the kind of Ozeki promotion I like. I hate waiting till Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my voice. <laughs> this bodes well. I know. You are, you are very emotional about this. <laughs> uh, one of the predictions that didn't come true, though, was that we would have seen a Shikona change for Kodnawaka. Yeah. So he comes from a sumo family. And if you want to find out more about his sumo family, I listened to an excellent episode, actually, of uh, our uh, fans of our podcast, we're fans of their podcast, Sumo Kaboom, um, did an excellent episode on... Kodnawaka and his sumo family. So is the plan, the plan is still for him eventually to change his name though? Yeah, it sure was. He, his father's name is Kodnawaka, or Shikono was Kodnawaka. His grandfather's was Kodazakura. The grandfather was the Yokozuna. So I think the plan was always to take that Shikona. But he said a while ago that He's not sure when exactly he would change it. He's obviously wanted to be Ozeki for a long time. He's been planning for that. He wasn't sure whether he would change it straight away. He said he would take advice on it, you know, from his Oyakata and all of that. And so together they must have talked about it. They must have decided that he'll keep Kodnawaka for one more basho in March, yeah. which is great, I think, because it means that he'll honour his father with one basho at Ozeki and then he'll make the big change. Okay, what I see here, <laughs> you got a different take on this. What I see here is people uh, getting ahead of themselves. <laughs> so, Kodnawaka goes out, debut performance as Ozeki. We know that can be uh, a really big challenge. Mm. All eyes oh, are I on him. I see you. where you're going here. Will he be honor 
honouring his father with an 8-7? Yeah. Or is it worse, goes uh, Makakoshi. Yeah. So if he doesn't do well, yep. we have to, he probably re-looks at all of these plans. Yeah, he if, might. Well, he might have to stay at Kodnawaka for a while then. Well, that's what I think. I think, I mean, they need to put some kind of metric around this. I would say double digits is honouring. Uh, between eight wins, nine wins is respecting. Anything below that is disrespecting, and I think they just need to put that in writing so we all know what's going on. Yeah, there needs to be a bit more information put out about exact the exact plans for this. Well, I need a twenty page document as to all the oh, possibilities. No, no, look, I think this should, this could be an email, a uh-huh. few dot points. You, you don't just to, to all of us. You don't need to overcook this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, to everyone, to the yep. sumo community. It's an open letter. Mm-hmm. I don't know how open emails work. I think you print <laughs> it out and send it to a newspaper. Um, but. Uh, just interesting to see this situation where you do have this new Ozeki from such a rich sumo lineage or mm. a sumoage, as I tried to say then. <laughs> um, what has Kodnawaka told us about his time in Ozeki? We know that one of the big highlights coming out of these uh, Ozeki promotion ceremonies is their pledge. Yes. What did he say? Well, he said... And he cleared his throat and he said, I will prepare well for the next tournament and come back. Okay. I mean, that's filler. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe he's saying come back from the, it was a real whirlwind for him. There was a lot of emotions. He nearly won the U show, you know, nearly had a U show to go along with his Ozeki promotion. So I think that's what the comeback is referring to, his, you know, mental ability to, to keep Gumberizing. To back it up. Yeah, to back it up, exactly. And prepare well for the next tournament. I think there he's saying, I'm hoping that I'm going to get a Kachikoshi with the name Kodnawaka. Well, again. As stated. Again. No, well, Kachikoshi, is that enough? Oh, okay. Yeah, anyway, so, I mean, he, he doesn't know about this. I'll rewind this. to timestamp. Right. <laughs> okay. Eight minutes. Continue. I'm happy to have been promoted, but I think results are everything. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I like that. This is quite straightforward. I like how he speaks. He's a very straight shooter, Kodnawaka. Yeah. Well, I've still got a long way to go. I think I have no choice but to do what I can to achieve that goal. I well, it's interesting though. No, I think he's talking about Yokozuna here. Yeah. Yeah. Or both. Or because both, one would lead to the other. What's perhaps? the goal? The goal isn't a U show. No. A goal is 10 U show. I, yeah. I, or I think Yokozuna promotion. But I like that he's he's got to Ozeki and he's like, I've already got the next thing in my, set in my sights. Mm. So he said, the fighting for the championship, I thought that what I was doing would not change. That's, That's interesting. Probably. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel Should've like he, he has changed it because he's gone from getting a lot of eight sevens to, yeah. you know, double digit achievements. Certainly. So it's okay, mate. You can get better <laughs> and you should. I approached the competition with a calm mind. I agree with that, but I still lacked the strength. Yeah, this is good. Identifying uh, areas in, of improvement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, positive. I will continue to hone my current level of sumo good. That's what I'm looking for, uh, uh, even wanting to get better. But I still have a lot to do. I think it would be good if I could practice hard and aim for that. That's a very passive way to wrap that up. Yeah. I think it would be good if I could practice hard and aim for that. Yeah. Well, he doesn't want to be too, he doesn't want to come across as arrogant. He doesn't come across as an arrogant guy at all. He's a very uh, head squarely on his shoulders kind of guy. Yeah. Very low key. And actually after the Basho, you know, there were quite a few articles written about him and about his childhood and about, you know, sort of how tough it was growing up in a family with such high expectations. And if you wanted to hear more about that, there was a Sumo Kaboom episode that I loved. 
um, about Kodnawaka and his family. So um, go and check that out because um, it's fascinating, his story. Yeah, I haven't listened to that yet, but I think I really, really need to. Put it on the list. I will. Listening list. Uh, Other Ozeki news. Hoshoryu had his Ozeki party, which is different from the Ozeki ceremony. It's These parties are normally held six months after the actual Ozeki promotion. Good to see he's still at Ozeki after six months. (laughs) Yeah, very good. (laughs) Could be awkward. So this was held on February 13 in Tokyo. 850 guests. Wow. Could you rustle together 850 people for a party? Well, I mean, if it was open bar. Oh, yeah. yeah. Everyone you've ever worked with. 850. Of course I couldn't. No. I could get 50 tops. And there'd be some people there I'd need to be introduced to. I'm trying to. to think of how many people were at my 30th. It was a while ago. Oh, I guess I could go my 40th. 850. <laughs> like uh, so the guests that were there included Hakaku, yep. uh, the whole JSA board of directors, and Hoshoryu's grandparents mm. who uh, flew in from Mongolia. Yeah. His, fa- his grandfather was a... A very, very accomplished Mongolian wrestler, right? Yeah, yeah. And apparently he still gets in Hoshoryu's ear, giving him tips. And I mean, Hoshoryu must be sick of that. <laughs> <laughs> He's got so many people in his ear. He's got too many. I imagine he must just turn his phone off some nights and goes, I don't want to hear it. Um, and a, a notable absentee from the ceremony was Asashoryu. Yeah, he might have been on the texts again yeah. or on the <laughs> on the tweets, on I think, because he wasn't there, was he? Uh, did you know well, why? Well, he did send his apologies and he he quoted the reason that he couldn't be there as having business obligations in Ulaanbaatar. Yeah, well, if you've seen any of Asashoryu's social media posts, he's a busy man. He's busy. What uh, What's his business? Imports, um, exports? Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. Wine? A bit Mongolian of wine. wine. <laughs> Maybe horses. <laughs> All right, sure. okay. But he's constantly travelling with his um, with his partner and getting about the place. He's got things to do. And yeah. the message that he's sending here, and I'm speaking on behalf of him, of course, is I'll come to your Yokozuna promotion. <laughs> yeah, I think you're exactly right about that. Uh, some reporters there uh, got in the face of grandmother, uh, I don't think I can pronounce her name. Yeah, Mongolian not, names. Are, yeah, I'm not going to disrespect we don't wanna, it. Yeah. But it's Hoshori's grandma. Um, and the, well, it was put to grandma that... Nana. Uh, Nana we call them in here in Nana Australia. Hoshoryu <laughs> said, well, they were asking her about the similarities between Hoshoryu and Asashoryu. Uh, and grandma replied, we've noticed that our grandson is becoming more and more like our son. Asashoryu. In his facial expressions, and pre-bout aura and body posture. Mm. So let's tick these off. Facial expressions. Well, I think the, I've seen that. The frowns. The yeah. frown. Pre-bout aura. Mm. Now, I think Big. this is, this is a, an area that I think Hoshoryu needs to work on. Mm. I find that sometimes when Hoshoryu is fighting, the NHK vision switches are on his opponent. Oh, There's not enough going on before the bout. I think he needs to – I mean, could he – throw up a handful of salt? Could he do a hoot? Could he lean back and pump the arms? Mm. He needs a, he needs something. Well, I'm sure he had such a great pre-bout routine. Yeah. That, yeah, maybe he needs to. But he can't just copy. That's the problem here, that everybody compares, compares, compares. You don't want to copy yourself, but you do want to take enough of that um, aura, yeah, aura. <laughs> of, of your uncle for yourself. And I guess by the time you're Ozeki, if you start suddenly crab walking back to the salt bin... It'll be weird. Yeah, like if this you suddenly in your introduced career? it. Yeah. Yeah, because I feel like you're allowed to develop it 
at Ozeki over time and it becomes a big thing like yeah. Kodoshigiku and then yeah. you stop doing it when you fall from Ozeki. But to suddenly start, you know, you've got to think about the introduction of your of your special moments. Of your brand. Yeah, your brand. Uh, right. And finally, that idea of body posture. I think that's something that I can see uh, mm. big parallels between those two. Now, Hoshori, you jumped in here and said, yes, while I'm known for having a harsh expression on the doyo, I'm all smiles off. Well, that's that's borne out in photos of him off the doyo. Well, he true. is laughing and smiling all the time. He seems to have so many mates. He's always mucking around with them. And he seems like a really... Um, you know, gentle and happy guy. But when he gets up there, he yeah. does flip. He Maybe steps, he can make more of that flip. He steps over the Tawara and he changes. Uh, Hoshori, of course, went 10 wins, four losses and one day off at his Ozeki position in January. Yeah. One day off for the knee, a bad knee injury. It would look like a bad oh. knee injury. So it was interesting to see him competing in the 48th Fuji TV tournament on um, Feb 4. And not only was it interesting to see him compete, he won it. He won the whole thing. He did. Now, you and I didn't get a chance to watch this one. Uh, so we're, we're taking this on a lot of secondhand gossip uh, from the tabloids. But what we do know about the uh, Fuji TV tournament, it's a one day, uh, what, what would you say, knockout yep. tournament. Uh, so the winner is decided by the end of the day. Would like to see more of this. Yeah, put a few on during yeah, the year. Yeah, I think this would be great if they peppered these throughout the year, not Although just once a year. we were just commenting how busy their schedule is with Jungyo and everything throughout the year and appearances and all of that. Maybe um, more TV tournaments would be hard work. Well, stop doing Jungyo. No okay. one likes it. <laughs> um, the regions do. So what's a little bit of, what's different about this tournament though is that you can have Rikishi from the same hair fighting each other, which does not happen uh, in regular basho. And you can also have brothers fighting yeah. each other. Yeah. Only put the brothers together. Yeah. Well, if they, I was a scheduler, I'd match up all the people who couldn't fight. Oh, yeah. Down the bottom of, the, well, I say the bottom, that's the way and I saw round the, of 32 the first or round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Round of Love 128. That idea. <laughs> so, um, as you said, Hoshoryu won, uh, defeated Hirodoumi in the uh, final bout of the day to take that Yusho, I guess you'd call it, uh, beat Takiyasu and Abi along the way. But I believe they were the last four. Oh, okay. Yeah. And and something special happened Well, for these ones. Well, again, this is where the gossip comes in. Yeah. I heard that there were a lot of hanker yeah. to close this one out. Yeah, so we received a message from uh, Rob, friend of the podcast, <laughs> that um, as he was watching the Hakuhol Cup, he noticed that the last four bouts that Hoshoryu won were all Henka against Takiyasu Abi, <laughs> which I love deep yeah. in my soul. And poor old Hirodumi, who would have loved getting to the final of this, even though it's a bit of fun, it's a bit of TV entertainment. You know, him representing in the final bout would have been really cool for him. And then uh, Hoshoryu, I think, quite clearly protecting the knee. Yeah, I, that's what I thought. I wondered about that. Yeah, just goes for the for a few hankers. Yeah, I mean, if anyone has access to this footage, I had a hunt around yesterday, couldn't find it uh, anywhere. Please let us know. I'd yeah. love to see this. This is classy sumo. From I, th I think it was cool. I mean, the vibe about it in general was supportive. Um, people saying that the hankers were, you know, there was a variety. <laughs> it, was, it was moving around 
in a few different ways. Doing it against Arby is always funny and, <laughs> you know, if he wanted to go in there and represent and keep his brand alive, then um, he did well by getting three to be the winner. Uh, absolutely. Uh, another feature of these uh, Fuji TV tournaments is they have uh, Oyakata exhibition oh, bouts. Oh, yeah. So I managed to track down a video and I saw a couple of bouts in this video the first one I saw was what I would describe as a dream matchup. Mm. Chianakuni v Ishiura. And they looked <laughs> they just looked so happy. They looked fulfilled. Their bodies looked great. They were having a fantastic time back well, up there. Ishiura looked uh, not recognizable to me. The the mm. video that I saw was shot from a fair way back and just his sumo silhouette has changed a lot. Uh, since he stopped wrestling those years ago. Uh, the way this played out, though, Chinakuni had a great start. He used thrusting attacks uh, to drive Ishiura back, and I thought, here we go, yeah. a Chinakuni win. Uh, but Ishiura slipped around, showed some really, really good footwork actually here, controlled his movement, got on the belt, and drove Chinakuni back in a very concerning manner. I hope that when we see these two guide at next year, we see a better showing from Chinakuni. <laughs> it's disappointing, really. Well, there are all smiles at the end, but, yeah, it would have been nice to have been graced with a, a Chinakuni oh, win know, in this I situation. Know. I got to see an Ishiura win, so it's not so <laughs> yeah. bad. Um, the other bout I saw was Tochiozan and Tokashori. Oh, yeah. So, so good to see Tokashori uh, have an opportunity to get out on the doyo. And didn't he make the most of his time up there? This was all Tokashoryu. Moved out of the uh, out of the Tachiai going forward, which I thought was novel. A very novel approach for Tokashoryu, who, who loves going back. Uh, and Tochiozan had no answers. No. <laughs> Bit disappointing there from Tochiozan. <laughs> but these two, again, just looked so fantastic up there. There was that video that went around um, of uh, Tokashoryu <laughs> in his um, duties during the January yeah, Basha, it was wasn't? January, yep. Uh, oh, yeah, because we were at November. Yep, so January. Um, watching the Makuchi Doya Iri, watching the guys file out and just a really wistful look on his face where he, um, it was a mixture of, gee, I'd love to be up there, but also resign, resignment, is that a word? Resignation. Resignation, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe a bit of sadness, but also happiness and nostalgia. And so to be able to see him step up again in the Moashi was really cool. And Tochiyo-san, he's looking fine. Well, what a guy. Yeah, I mean, looking younger and younger every oh, time I see him. Reverse aging. The sumo looked no good. <laughs> no, no, not so good. I loved Chinokuni and Ishiro, the pairing as well, because both these guys are on about their Danpatsu Shiki. They are promoting them so hard. I love it when uh, the guys are just like, you got to be there, because Chinokuni's is in June. I'm going to go. But he's already, okay, I'm let's gonna go. go. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. You heard it here first. Um he, yeah, he's already on the promote. He's made a Twitter account and an Instagram account just for it. Gina Cooney has? Yep. Why are you only telling me this now? Well, I'm following it. I'm looking at it. Okay. He's always speaking about it. He's always right, announcing okay. it. Same yep. for Ishira. Ishira's is sooner, I think. I can't remember. All right. Well, let's maybe move on to some sumo karaoke. Have you booked tickets to Chinakuni? Shall we? I'm, just do that? Well, I'm a little distracted because I am looking <laughs> uh, on Webjet at the moment to see how much it would cost to go for three days. Uh, let's start off. Who, where should we start with this? Okay. Well, while you get ready, I'll just say that one thing that I'm enjoying is the karaoke coming back. We've commented on it a couple of times, but geez, is it back. Everybody is singing. Everybody is having a go. There's a mixture of voices. Well, that's another thing that I should say that most of these selections, no, all of these selections are from 
the January Century Raku parties, which mm-hmm. happened uh, the final day of the Basho, I am acutely aware that there was a NHK Sumo Charity TV mm-hmm. uh, event that was raising money for Ishikawa-ken and the earthquake recovery. I have not been able to track down any of those performances. I've seen a few stills, but apparently NHK World are going to be putting them up on the 25th of February. Oh, my birthday. Your birthday. So what a birthday present. So we'll probably bring you a selection uh, of those songs in our next edition of Talking Sumo. But for now, let's concentrate on Sen Shuraku. The first song that we're going to hear is Hono no Kiniku Man uh, by Ono Sato. What do you think of that? Oh, this confirms everything that I hoped was true about Ono Sato in that he sounds like a guy that you just want to go out to karaoke with. Well, this caught me by surprise, this performance. I didn't think he had this flair about him. Well, I've just been getting a hint from the photos that he takes with people, from the faces that he makes, from the way that he moves. I think that he has a great sense of humour and a, uh, a great way of existing in the world. Yeah. Well, I mean, if there were any questions about that, this performance blows them away. So what's he saying at the start? He's saying M U M U S C L E muscle. Nice. So so this is a theme song as I said from the Kiniku Man uh, anime which basically is just means muscle man anime. So The anime was based on a manga which ran from 1979 to 1987. Uh, Onosato was born in the year 2000. So this is very much a bit of a throwback. Is he a retro anime guy? Well, that was the manga. I think the anime ran from 83 to 86. Okay, so... Before he was born still. Before he was born. There were, there were 137 episodes made during that time. They were cranking them out. So this uh, anime slash manga follows Suguru Kiniku, a superhero who must win a wrestling tournament to retain the life of Prince of Planet Kiniku. Mm. Um, now, I, I, had, I looked this uh, anime up and I recognised the characters, but as I dug a little deeper... I had an interaction with this anime or a spin-off from the anime when I was a kid. So this particular anime didn't make it to the West when we were young, but what they did was to release oh. the toys. Oh, you've just handed me a phone. So do you recognise these toys? Well, let me describe the toys. It's a, a muscly baby. Well, it's not a baby. No, well, the thing about the, the they were little pink little... Um, eraser type of things that would go on the end of your pencil. Ah. So there was a range of about a hundred different ones of these. With heaps of arms. Well, some of them, all of them uh, have different features, but you didn't recognise those? No, I don't think I saw them. Yeah, so apparently they came out um, in the late 80s in the West, uh, right at the time when, you know, when toy fads are sweeping your 
school. Yep. And this was one that swept my school. The toy line is called Muscle, but it's capital M dot U dot. You get the idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, look them up. I'm interested to see if people actually recognise these uh, these toys. Yeah, I might have been too focused on slap bands. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Onosato, he had a lot to sing about uh, following the January uh, yeah. Basho. 11 and 4 from Magashira, 15 on debut. He picked up the Kanto Shore and for a few days there was uh, looking like he might be in it with the uh, other big boys in the Yusho race. Yep. He got... Taught a, a bit of a lesson by uh, some of the guys up there, um, including Terana Fuji, but massive for him to have fought him and come away from that experience. Um, a great singer. A great singer, <laughs> a great performer. Let's move on. Uh, we have another, uh, well, star of tomorrow, but maybe in a different way. Shirakuma performing the song Single Bed. <laughs> That was wonderful. Yeah. That was wonderful. I've got so many feelings about that. His voice is maybe deeper than I thought. That's a very sensible singing voice. Good song selection in terms of range for him. Very good. Yeah. Didn't go too high when he went up high and then there was that extra note. He hit them yeah. well. And also the arrangement there, it's kind of very bass heavy. I mean, there was electric piano behind it, but soft. And he's holding his pitch there. Oh, totally. He's totally. singing... Uh, really, really well. Now, is that a breakup song, <laughs> Single uh, Bed? Let me tell you about the song. So I, I don't think or I don't know if it's a breakup song or not. It's actually the ending theme for an anime called DNA Squared, mm-hmm. which was released back in the 1990s. Uh, I hadn't heard of this at all, so I looked it up. I'm going to read you the synopsis. Okay. <laughs> because I think it's important to understand this and it might give us a clue as to maybe why Shirakuma chose to present this at the uh, Senshuraku party of his hair. Here we go. Junta Momonari is a high school student with a very unusual problem. Whenever he becomes sexually aroused by a woman, oh. his, quote, female allergy kicks in, causing him to throw up. One day, Junta is confronted by a girl in strange clothing who claims to be from the future. The girl called Karin Aoi, tells him about how the world has become terribly overpopulated in her time, to the point where having more than one child is a crime punishable by death. At the root of the problem is a family of mega playboys, people with sexual charisma and impulses that lead each of them to have 100 children that carry the mega playboy DNA, causing them and all their descendants to each have 100 children as well. All of this started with a single mega playboy whom Karin has travelled back into the past to deal with. Now, we are watching this immediately. I need to see it. <laughs> so, single bed, 
Shirakuma. I'm not exactly sure what the thinking was behind this one. I'll tell you what we've hit. We've hit the Gen Z Rikishi doing karaoke. Yeah, we ha- well, we have. So no more uh, the anchor of the past. They're just like, we just want to sing anime songs. Well, and again, anime from well before Shirakuma was born. Yeah, well, true. So maybe old anime themes are the new anchor. Maybe. <laughs> That is so interesting. Yeah. The, the, so that's one of his favourites, is it? I'm not sure. I mean, I'd love to know what the uh, thinking was behind this choice. This song uh, was written and performed by Sharam Q from Osaka. And when it was released as a single in 1994, sold over a million copies. Mm-hmm. So maybe just has become a popular song. But anyone who's been to a Senshiraku party or who has insight into them, let us know how they choose the karaoke yeah. songs. Do they get to put in a request? I mean, would that one be on the little box, the karaoke box already? Yeah, it must be. But when you say or do little... do they have to have it specially loaded on No, for I think party? when you say special karaoke box, I'm, I'm sure all of them are preloaded with like a billion songs. Yeah. Like literally. I suppose. Um, Shirakuma had a lot to sing about following uh, the Basho in January. He went eight and seven at his highest rank of Jurio 6. Yes. That's his third eight, seven result in his three Jurio appearances. You know what I think about that. Oh yeah. Good. Good. Taking time to come up. Take your time. Yep. Experience. Experience. Build the foundation. Patience. Patience. There's nothing wrong with a few years in Jurio. Well, the other great thing is that it means that he'll be in Jurio for March in amongst all of the other astounding talent in there. Yeah. I mean, we are licking our lips in anticipation for Jurio come March. We, as you probably know, we do Jurio live streams on day one, day eight. Do we still do day eight? Yeah. Yeah, we do. (laughs) And day 15 of the Basho. Jurio is stacked yep. this time around. Let's say some names from Jurio. Uh, Wakataka Kage. Wakataka Kage, I've heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> Hakuoho is back. He's back. And um, looking pretty good. We've got, uh, well, those two alone yep. are enough to be excited about. And Takeru Fuji. And Takeru Fuji as well. So much to see, so much to love. Your boy Tenshoho, though, won't be there. No. So you're going to carry a heavy heart into this basho. No. And I'd like to put out another special thank you. I'm just going to do it here oh, on yeah. the podcast to Siggy and Corey, who we'll be speaking about a little bit uh, more later, but they just went to Japan. They went to the Hakuho Cup and Hakuho's boys, the boys from Miyagino, were there doing um, fun bouts with the kids. Ten Shoho was there because um, we don't see Hokuseiho anymore. We won't be speaking about that at this time. <laughs> won't be speculating anything about that. As a podcast, we do not get into gossip and tabloid rubbish. No, but if that proves to be yeah, true. If it proves to be true, we will. Hit us up in the DMs <laughs> if you want to know what's going on. Um, but Ten Shoho, the great news about that is that it means that Ten Shoho is everywhere. And uh, I got sent some footage from yeah. the side of his doyo of him fighting. And I just wanted to say a very public thank you very much because it made my day. Beautiful. All right, let's move on to the final selection, man of the moment, Ozeki Hoshoryu, performing an unknown song, a duet with Sachiko Kobayashi. <laughs>
lot of love and support in the room for our boy Hoshori there with his singing. I don't think he's a natural singer. No. Uh, I mean, Sachiko was doing a lot of the heavy lifting on that performance. And she was conducting, I saw that one, oh, she was kind of conducting him, really marking yeah. out the time for him. I don't think he quite needed that level of support, well, maybe though. They, maybe they had a rehearsal oh, yeah. and he was all over the shop and she's just like, well, what I'll do. Gee, that's an interesting idea, rehearsal for karaoke performances at Senshiraku parties. Yeah. Well, was this at his Ozeki party or oh. Senshiraku? Oh, that's a good question. I thought this was at the Senshiraku, but now you mentioned Yeah, I that, wonder if it was I his... think it was from the party. Yeah. Oh, so in that and case so in they... that case, they might have oh, definitely. got ready for it and given him a bit of a run through. Yeah. I thought he did really well. <laughs> yeah. He started tentatively, but then you could hear the uh, confidence building. He got louder. He got, you know, he stayed in rhythm. I mean... Has such a call ever seen karaoke performances by Ricochet in the past? No one's sitting there going, oh, he's a bit out of time or that's <laughs> a little mind. bit pitchy. <laughs> but, I mean, the problem with a duet is that at some point she has to come back in. So if he's wildly out, if he's like five lines behind, what's she going to do? Just sing over oh, the top true, of him true. at his own Ozeki party. Yeah, this is true. Uh, a little bit about Sachiko Kobayashi. She's a 70-year-old, uh, turning 71 this year, Enka singer. Mm. So a bit of breath of fresh air from the anime theme songs uh, this time <laughs> exactly. around, a bit of Enka or they they call it Japanese blues, but I think that's such a terrible um, uh, descriptor. Mm. I think I think it's more that it's a traditional music yes, form. Yes, the, the cultural history of it. Yeah, it, it sounds nothing like the blues and for that I'm thankful. Uh, Sachiko made her singing debut at the age of 10 in 1973. <laughs> Uh, wow. Yeah. In the following years, um, she basically did everything. She was a, she was an actor on TV. She's appeared in commerce, commercials. She's done uh, voice work for anime. Uh, one of the Pokemon series wow. had her in it. Um, and she's really considered one of Japan's most well-known anchor singers. So huge honour for her to be singing with Hoshori, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. um, I didn't know which way you were going to go with yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's later in her career, though, where things have got a little bit interesting for Sachiko. So in 2015, a Vocaloid based on her voice was released by Roland as part of the Vocaloid 4 engine. If you're not familiar with Vocaloid, what's Vocaloid? Oh, I thought you might know. So Vocaloid, it, it's, a, it's a product by Roland that lets you synthesize voice. Yeah. So the most famous Vocaloid is Hatsune Miku. Yep. Uh, here's a little blast of Sachiko's Vocaloid engine. Wow, it's really pitched lower, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I guess the thing, song you is. can play it with a keyboard and yeah. there's no, I mean, the voice starts to sound really weird when it goes really low or yes. really high, but really, uh, to have yourself, uh, immortalised as a vocaloid is quite a big honour, Yeah, I imagine. Yeah. Um, that sounds like something Roland would do. Yes, exactly right. <laughs> Keytars and that. Now, in keeping the Sachiko brand current and hip with the kids, the other thing that Sachiko uh, has done recently was that she launched a YouTube channel with her virtual YouTuber persona, Virtual Grandma Sachiko. She's 71, about to turn 71. About to turn 71. She is with the times. She is hip. She's cool. The kids love it. I checked out the YouTube channel. It's 
largely impenetrable what's going on there. It's very hard to say. Uh, but she has about 200,000 followers. Wow. So that's nothing to sniff at. Uh, also a reminder, if you'd like to follow our oh, nice. YouTube channel, <laughs> nice. you can do so. Uh, There's no virtual platform. persona though. Uh, not yet, but your birthday is coming up Ooh. soon. Uh, that's it for Virtual Ten Shoho. Virtual Ten Shoho. Well, we need to get a clip of him singing, don't we? That's mm. that's the, the gem that we need to find. Yes. He'd be able to sing. Well, no. Well. I'm not sure about that. I'll wind that back. He'd give it a go. He'd give it a go. And that's the main thing with karaoke, isn't it? Enthusiasm. Yep. Exactly. Uh, now, we've got some a couple of big uh, retirement ceremonies happened yes. since January. Yep. So, Tochinoshin was the huge one and we saw so much coverage of that. He reposted on Instagram everything that anybody put up about it. So, it felt like it went for about a week. It was really lovely to see the former Ozeki from Georgia, honoured in that way, very emotional. Um, and we all had a, a bit of a front row seat to it because <laughs> Corey and Ziggy from Dallas Sumo Club were there. Uh, they're now best friends somehow with Gagamaru <laughs> after he came over yeah. to America and just had a real uh, pride of place at that ceremony, met Amuru, met former Komasubi Kokai, who was there to celebrate Tochinoshin as well. And um, it was just a really excellent day. Well, you know, as I said to you, very mixed emotions um, watching all of that footage that Corey and Siggy were putting up from that ceremony and backstage and the people they got to meet. On one hand, very much happy for them. Mm. But on the other hand, absolutely livid with jealousy. Oh, consumed by the fires. <laughs> I was a mere husk at the end. Yeah, oh, so yeah. you were doing a gig. You were playing a gig out in uh, oh, that's right. I was too, yeah. the edges of Melbourne. Yeah. And I had, I was there at the gig with a friend, yep. but I also got this notification. I knew it was yeah. Touching Machine's retirement ceremony. I knew that they were there. Yep. Got this notification that uh, Dallas Sumo Club were going live or that Corey was going live. Had it propped up on a, on my beer and just was dying inside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for that, Corey and Siggy. <laughs> <laughs> so he had his hair cut by, it was at the Kokogika. Yes. Of course. Uh, big event, had his hair cut by about 300 people. That's a lot of people. So many people. I couldn't have that many people cut my hair. Oh, I hate having I one them. person cut my hair. <laughs> yeah, you do actually. I do. Yeah, and you, you won't talk to them either. So no. During your hair cutting ceremony, you wouldn't well, say as, anything. Well, as, as I've said before, I have about two minutes of small talk that I can <laughs> share with a hairdresser and then it's over. <laughs> Well, the former Komasubi Kokai, uh, as I mentioned, he was Komasubi in 2006 from Oitakaze Bea, um, another Georgian. He was there. Gagamaru was there. Amuru was there. Um, a whole lot of, obviously, um, other people who have supported Tochinoshin throughout his career. And his stable master, Kasugano, was the last person to cut. I don't think I've seen his uh, new haircut. Oh, it's good. It's good? Yeah. It's just very short. Um, just a nice okay. short one, I think. But are we? where are we putting it in the spectrum of on the very, very good end is um, Tachiyozan? Um, yeah. Like on the, big, high yeah. top. Great. That's my ideal. Yeah. So yeah. also someone like, um, I think Kodoshigiku kept quite a bit of fluff up the top. Yeah, I didn't love his. No. I, I think one day we should do a comprehensive yes, ranking. a ranking. Yeah, it's a, a good tier, idea. We'll tier the uh, retirement cuts. Oh, yeah, do one of those tier, vi mm. tier ranking videos. You know when they use that black background and Tochiozan is S rank. So where would you put um, Tochinoshin's S, I would A, put, B, C, D, E? I would put it in like 
B. It's B, solid. okay, solid. Yeah, yeah, great. Really solid. He looked good. He kind of looked, if you would think about how he would look without a top knot, he looks like that. <laughs> okay. I can't think of it though. Really? No. Just a normal, just normal haircut. I mean, I could look, but. Yeah, look it up. It's unprofessional. <laughs> <laughs> he got really emotional, as we um, often see. He was uh, quite a few tears there. Yeah, he came out with a few words uh, saying, these are not tears of regret, but tears of happiness. I'm filled with gratitude for the support I've received over the past 17 years. Mm. I mean, you really saw just an overflowing of um, goodwill and appreciation for Tochi Noshin uh, on that day. Hakuho came out um, and said, I, I can't remember where I got this from, but he said that really... Injury-free, Tochinoshin would have been Yokozuna. Mm. And I thought they were very, very interesting. Uh, powerful words yeah. from Hakuho. He was also at the after party at the celebration yeah. event as yeah. well where Siki and Corey got a photo with him, <laughs> whatever. I <laughs> love that, um, which is a real sign of support. I mean, outside Mongolian Rikishi, you'd have to say he was the oh. most supported, the most well-known, the most popular. Perhaps. Of modern times. And yeah. one of the things that as we talk to people over the years, Tochinoshin seems to be the name that comes up when we ask people, who is that ricochet who really hooked you into sumo? Mm. It was Tochinoshin for yeah. a lot of people. I mean, I guess, you know, there's well, Akebono you and, and those guys, so they were a bit of modern era. Oh, modern, yeah, it was. Era, it was. He was, was the first ricochet I saw yep. in Osaka that time in 2016, 15, 15 yeah. uh, where I was like, I need to find out more about this. Yeah. So thank you, Tochinoshin. Here's a personal yeah, thank you to you. Personal thank you. <laughs> uh, he's going to do an import-export company <laughs> Yeah. Um, around his wine business. There are people out there who have drunk the wine. Tell us what it's like, please. Apparently we have a few bottles coming. Yeah. Well, I, I think that we will definitely be doing a, a podcast tasting, tasting. of those. Mm. Be interesting to know what the the right Kimarate to pair with that wine would be. I wonder if anyone who has tasted the wine could s maybe suggest a couple of Kimarate that we could pair with it. That we do at the same time. No, that you watch. Oh, you know, like to to watch a nice okuri dashi. Yeah, and a sip of red. Like, and it I feels mean, right. Well, it, it, it's it's a two way thing with food and wine. It's about the food complementing the mm. wine and the wine complementing the food. I so, feel like it'd be a heavier Kimarate. Like a real solid oh, one. Oh, so uwatenage. Yeah. So you might find that, say, the, the berry notes of the red wine mm. might cut through the heaviness of that kimarete. Mm. Perfect. Yeah, perfect. Anyway, we'll bring that to you when that wine arrives. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ichi Nojo. Yes. This was a very uh, different type of retirement uh, ceremony, wasn't it? Yeah, so it was held on the same day as the Fuji TV tournament, which maybe just didn't realise, and that was because <laughs> he organised it himself. Yeah. So uh, there was some fairly well-publicised, uh, a fairly well-publicised falling out between him and his stable, Minato Bea, um, with a lot of, you know, talk about why that was. Ichi Nojo really struggling with... Um, alcohol abuse and maybe physical abuse as well. Um, a lot of unpleasant things went down. He was uh, removed from the, or he, he retired from the sport, but has so much history and so much achievement that obviously he wanted to celebrate that with an official haircutting ceremony, but the stable definitely wasn't going to do it for him. Yeah. So he started to organise it himself and he so pulled it off. He did. <laughs> 
hopefully he had some help. If he's done this all by himself, he's, he's <laughs> can't imagine. Very... I can't imagine. He had it in a Tokyo hotel, and it was well supported by his his colleagues, his ex colleagues. Kirishima was there. Kakuryu were there. The Mongolian uh, consort were uh, supporting him. Terunofuji was there as well and sang at the after party, I believe. The famous clip of it panning around to Ichinojo while he's singing and him just looking super unimpressed. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> I'll find that for you. Um, the final snip of the hair in the cutting ceremony was done by Ichinojo's high school coach, Tokiyoshi, uh, of Totori Johaku High School, mm-hmm. which you saw that Roga yes. was a graduate from. Yes. Yeah, there's quite a few um, who have been through there and Roga has um, oh, changed to Shikona at some point or something to, to honour him. So yeah. obviously a well, very well yeah. respected, very well liked high school coach. Um, Ichinojo uh, reports were that tears were streaming down his cheeks while his hair was cut. Yeah. He felt, he looked like he was very overcome. He said uh, after the ceremony, I just couldn't hold back. Um, He said that about being overcome by the emotions. My mind uh, became flooded with memories of my life in sumo. Mm. It's very interesting that that Tochino Shin said these are not tears of regret. But I wonder with Ichinojo if that's the case. What could have been, had such an explosive start to his career uh, when he debuted, was the next big thing. And despite having some highlights here and then, you know, including you show, um, maybe didn't quite realise his potential. Yeah. Um, and so once it, you find out somebody, somebody's struggling with something like that, that that's happening, you know, you sort of wonder about how it's affected his whole life yeah. and his whole career and, you know, whether it came into play when he was having that su- super rise at the start and whether something happened then. As you said, he did get that one U show in July 2022. <laughs> what an achievement. Yeah, huge Again. achievement. There was a lot going on around that time that meant that, you know, maybe oh, he well, you know, quite he, fighting he was, the, the... he was the best ricochet over the 15 days, and that's, that's what right. a U show means. That's exactly right. Uh, Ichinojo has been a Japanese citizen since 2021, but he still hasn't really finalized his plans for post sumo. Yeah. Yeah, maybe not a planner ahead. Um, He said, uh, I feel relieved. Now I'll finally be able to seriously think about my life after sumo. Mm. Uh, I I haven't, he he said he hasn't finalised plans for this second life, but he wanted to give back to everyone through what I've learnt from sumo. That's an interesting Mm. thing to say. Yeah. What does that mean? Might be doing some community work or something. I don't know. I don't mind it. Ichinojo out in schools... Yeah. Promoting sumo. Yeah. Well, people have been through something really tough and come out the other side, whether he has or not, I'm not sure. But, you know, if he's speaking to kids about tough times. I love that. He he could also, I think he would be a very natural fit for corporate uh, team building days. Yeah. Yeah. You know, talking about tough times. Yeah. Well, we've seen him come out to Australia. He just came out to Australia in... January, yeah, January or was it December for was one it of corporate those speaking? official sumo events. Right. Yeah. So Professor Ben Marshman did go along. We decided to not go. Ben said it was good. Mm. It was entertaining. I, yeah, something f- felt a little bit off to me about it. It was, it was a sumo exhibition bout that Ichinojo got added to quite late yeah, in the itchy, program. Yeah, they have to itchy. call him. Yeah. And then there was a the guy from... 
Sanctuary, and then yeah. there was um, a few of those other ex Rikishi who um, who pop up at these kind of events. But he he was in Australia. He was in I Australia. Mean, that's, that's he was in, cool. He was in our city. He was in Melbourne. Yep. Yep. But he's also said, "I want to lose weight." Yep. Fair enough. He should <laughs> start a family and live. Oh. oh, there's a darkness underlying that. The heartstrings. Yeah. 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 I want to lose weight, start a family, and live. Jeez. Oh. Uh, Ichinojo, I wish you luck on all of those three things. And hopefully, this second life of yours pans out well. One last thing ranking his haircut. Look, I, I don't want to, I want to say C. I saw it. Didn't suit his head. It was, well, his head's large. Well, it, it, yeah, and the haircut was too conical. Right. For my liking. Too much on the top. No, no, no. It, it came up to a cone oh. type shape. Yep. That was my impression. But I need to go back and have a better look at it. Too little on the sides. They're always very brutal on the sides. Yeah. In these post haircuts. I wonder if we could get a hairdresser on because I think there must be a reason for that. Yeah. I think that if you've had long hair for a long time, yes. maybe if you cut it to length, it's hard to keep back. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. And they don't want them looking messy. I would think that that would be the one um, stipulation afterwards. You know, you need to look sharp. He's in a suit now. True. You've got to keep it from being grotty look, or messy. As a, as a hairdresser, I think that cutting short on the sides would help thin the head. Mm. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You don't want any additional width. Mm. It mm. looked like it might be a bit wavy too. Like there was a lot of um, like almost oh, curling yeah. or waving in the little bit that was left. I'm starting to think of a new segment where I take before and after photos to my hairdresser <laughs> and record his reactions. Yeah. Mm. Well, what's his name again? He's his name's David. Your hairdresser? Yeah. Oh, thought it was different. Yep. Just down the road. Yeah. He's a good guy and he would absolutely participate He probably in would. Yep. All righty. Uh, that's it, you know, Joe? Yes. Godspeed to him. Yeah. So uh, one of the things about this time of year in Sumo is that there's no Jungyo or there's no regional tour. So uh, the Rikishi are left to their own devices a little bit, a bit of time off and a bit more room for them to direct how they spend their time. And they're spending it doing a variety of things. One of those things is getting married. But I just wanted to uh, <laughs> to shine a light on Asaniyama. Yep. Who, doing a little bit of community engagement in his time off, he visited Himi City in Toyama Prefecture, which shares its eastern border with Ishikawa Ken. Um, and this was his mother's hometown. Mm-hmm. So he turned up. I wonder if they knew he was coming. Oh, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. He turned up and presented the mayor uh, with a donation of one million yen. That's incredible. That is incredible. So Asaniyama, his mother is from there and he himself is from Toyama City. Uh, And the mayor had this to say, Mayor Hayashi. The daily sumo matches are a source of energy for the citizens affected by the disaster. I mean, they're a source of energy for everyone. Yeah. But especially in times of disaster. We are grateful to the Rikishi who continue to help as symbols of our recovery efforts. Mm. Beautiful words. It's really, really nice. And that's nice of Asaniyama to go up and do that because, yeah, he would be such a a symbol of hope for people who've been displaced. And I've heard that 
like Endo's family, Endo's from right up the top. Yeah. He's probably from the most affected area. His family still, well, when I read this maybe a couple of weeks ago, aren't back in their house. Jeez. Still living with, you know, someone else or relatives or or they can't get back in their place because it's too damaged. Well, I think this is one of the things you realise about the news cycle. This is one day in Western mm. news. Yeah. But watching NHK throughout the Basho, every time after the Basho finishes, they go to the news. The, the pictures and um, the footage of people still sleeping, like, in tents, and I'm sure that's still going on. It's a big, big recovery effort that's needed. But, you know, Japan pulling together, Asunyama making a contribution, the charity event, they're doing what they can. Yep. Yep. So well done, Asunyama. The other thing, as you said, that people have been doing is having their wedding ceremonies. So a whole lot of guys, it seems... Some we knew about, some we didn't, got married, and now they finally perhaps got a little bit of time and they're having their ceremonies. They're getting all their mates together, yeah. getting their family together, bigging up their wives because there's a good lot of women here yes. supporting our oh, well, boys. And very much doing the hidden work. Yeah. Yeah, what well, sounds like it from all of the quotes. So maybe we can kick it off with Midori Fuji. Midori Fuji, some beautiful photos of uh, Midori Fuji and his wife who got married at Hachiman Shrine in Tokyo on Valentine's Day. Isn't this that nice? This is a lovely story. I love this one from Midori Fuji. This is probably my favourite out of all of them. Uh, it's an interesting story how they got together, isn't it? So his wife, uh, and I think they've been... They've been married for a while because they have a child. A child, yes. Yep. They've got a, a girl who was born last October. So his wife is the daughter of one of the Koenkai, one of the patrons of the Haya. And she was introduced by Midori Fuji when she was younger. Then nothing happens. Five years go by, no contact. But then they had a, a chance encounter. They did at an airport. Right. Now, this is interesting. Not the hottest of date spots, <laughs> I would guess. People are on their way in and way out. Well, it's of a bit romantic with people like coming, flying in to see each oh, other yeah, or maybe. leaving. You know, there's that sadness of separated love. Did they meet at the airport or did he propose at the airport? I think he actually proposed at the airport. Right. So the, the intel I have, um, <laughs> this is mainly from gossip and tabloids, was that the the well, they had a chance encounter back in 2022, and it kicked off from there. But on the proposal was at the airport. The proposal was at the airport. Yeah. Midori Fuji was about to head off to Kyushu Basho, and then just in passing said, "When I come back from Kyushu, shall we get married?" Yep. Now this, but she said yes. I thought that this was a very romantic story. Not at the airport. <laughs> Not at the airport. <laughs> and then he goes, gets on the plane oh, he's and like, goes. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, oh, we should probably just get married. If it was like that, it's not romantic. If it was like, I cannot live a single more minute without you, we simply well, here, must. Here's the thing. I mean, I'm, I'm a simple man. But I would have locked in a kachakoshi. <laughs> before I thought about a proposal. He went out there and went 5'10 oh, no. at Maigashira too. <laughs> he got the married man curse. Well, gee, Engaged I was about curse. to suggest that. Gee, but, we, we're going to have to keep a very close eye on this. I mean, Maigashira too, that's very high for Midori Fuji, but a 5'10. <laughs> Imagine coming back from Kyushu. She's like, oh, actually, did, 
did you ask me to marry you before? Yeah. I'm busy. Well, no, I imagine he would have got home. The the taxi would have pulled up. He would have walked in the door. <laughs> she's she's got seating plans and catering menus. And he's like, I don't want to talk about it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. But congratulations, uh, Midori Fuji. Maybe she was calling him the whole time. Oh no. Should the flowers be red or off red? Oh, this is this is, is my concern. Pink, I think, is the, Pink. the word the you're looking one. for there. Uh, another old favourite, Hokkaido Fuji got married. Now, this, oh. this is brand new to me. I, I'm only finding about finding out about this now. Yep. So they submitted their marriage registration in 2020, okay. in January 2020. So uh, they're married. It happened. They've got a child as well. Um their son was born in March 2021, but they never got to have their um, marriage ceremony yes. because of COVID. And finally, he had his at a hotel in Tokyo. They love to have them at hotels in Tokyo. How do we find <laughs> out about where they are? <laughs> On the 17th of Feb, his new wife is two years older than him. She's 35, he's 33. And uh, he was really happy that they were able to hold the event. He said he thought that he'd never be able to do it. I don't know how he thought the pandemic was going to go on forever. Oh, but. I think there were times when, when we <laughs> yeah, thought. Maybe, maybe. You know, he's seeing people still pretend sipping the Chikara Mizu thinking, I'm never going to get this wedding happening. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I'm glad that I was able to be with my wife during a time when raising children was difficult. So he's sort of, at, ah. this is during his wedding speech, he's looking back at the time uh, with his wife. I want to build, oh, this is beautiful. I want to build a family that is filled with smiles. Yeah. And there was a little bit in the article about how he um, is very active, a father with his son, um, an ikumen father, which means a father that takes more um, action is more involved oh, okay. in their son's life than is normal for a, a very traditional huh. Japanese father. Interesting. And he said that he, or has modelled that he's, oh. you know, he goes and takes baths with his son and, you know, educates him and spends time with him. And I love that. I mean, that. did we need any more proof oh. that Hokkaido Fuji is one of the good ones? Oh. Beautiful to hear. Also, he had 600 people at the reception. <laughs> That's pretty good. Although, you know, so you, you, you look at, say, Hoshoryu's 850, mm. they're all there for Hoshoryu. Hokkaido Fuji, 600 sounds good, but, you know, half of that of those people are there for the wife. Yeah. So 300 still compared to my 50. It's very <laughs> impressive. <laughs> well, 25 of them are there for me. Ah, oh, true. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> so we really get into this wife appreciation yeah. uh, area here because he said, uh, I don't dare to touch on the subject of sumo. She has no ups and downs and always responds calmly. So I think I'm not sure what that's suggesting there that oh, he can't. I like it. You know, she keeps him grounded. He doesn't really go home and go, oh, this happened. Well, it is a, I mean, it's a trap for new sumo wives is that if you encourage sumo talk at all, mm. uh, at home, I should mm. say, it's all you'll get. They'll <laughs> yeah. always be crapping on about their right hand grips and, you know, I, I think it's good for her to draw a line here yeah. say no sumo talk at home. Yeah. Oh, I didn't get the fist placement on the yeah. head when I was doing my pre-bout <laughs> ritual. I didn't pray hard enough. Oh, I, I think this is, this is a modern sumo wife. Yeah. What we're seeing here. Yeah. She sounds like a legend. He also says, and I'll take this one, the food is delicious too. I think she'll make a good wife. I accept that. Yeah, I accept that. Nice. 
That's just statement of fact. Yep. Fine. She's a good cook. <laughs> so in terms of March, I, I did see that Hokkaido Fuji came out with a quote. He said, I have to do my best. I want to recover from my knee injury and show my health. However, if he does have to have surgery, the ceremony would have been postponed. I am blessed. I hope I can use this luck in March. Now, on the surface, positive. Yeah, yeah. the only thing this made me think of was... If you have to postpone this, I know that it I was organised and 600 people were coming yeah. and Hakaku was all uh, engaged and ready to go and you had your big massive cake. We'll put up a photo of that, the biggest, oh, one of yeah, the, the biggest cakes the I've ever seen. The tallest cake I've ever seen. Although Terranifiji had a massive one too. Uh, but if your knee needs surgery for the rest of us, you got to well, get it. Well, I'm really worried. It means he's going to be carrying an injury into yeah. March. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, can he afford to be? He went Four wins, five losses, six days off at Magashira, three in January. But, you know, I mean, this is the this is the Hokkaido Fuji way. Life has more things in it than sumo. Life carries on. Life carries on. I love it. Mitakumi got married. Yes. <laughs> now, you, this one surprised me a little bit because I was like, oh, surely I've heard of this before. Yeah, well, um, he has also been married for a while and in a characteristic Mitakumi way there's a real lack of details around yeah. this. <laughs> yep. Do not yep. know what's going on Tight with this lips. guy. But in 2022, um, when he was promoted to Ozeki, his Oyakata came out and said that he had been married to a lady for a bit. She was one year older than him. They always, they love to drop that information. I reckon Mitakumi would have been furious. That it came out? Yeah. Yeah, he didn't want anyone no. to know. I like that about Mitakumi and I respect his privacy. Keeps it tight. Well, he finally had his wedding ceremony on February 12, 2024. And while we were uh, bestowed with beautiful pictures of Midori Fuji and his bride, Hokuto Fuji and his bride, and the next one we'll talk about, we did not see a picture of Mitakumi with his lady. Of course he didn't. <laughs> we just saw a photo with uh, him, Takiyasu and... Um, Takiyasu's mother uh, because of the Filipino uh, connection. Yes. And there was a lovely photo of those guys. Mitakumi uh, came out and said, I haven't been myself lately. I want to get my energy back. I want to be a high energy wrestler. Truer words have never been spoken. Exactly. And I think there's a really good sign that Mitakumi can look in the mirror. He can watch the old tapes. They're on a TV so he can see himself and the and the tapes in the mirror. Yeah, he get, he. They're projected on the back of glasses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, also the mirror's doing the heavy lifting in terms of reflecting <laughs> the sumo back at him. But good to see that he can look at his own face, look at the bouts, and go, "I got to get the energy back." Yeah, I've never really had the right words to describe his sumo of late, and here he does it for us. Yeah, yeah. No energy. Yeah. Hasn't been himself. He has said this before, though. Remember a couple <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of bash ago, or maybe it's a couple of years, sumo time is weird. Uh, he said, okay, that's it. Um, I'm, you know, I, I'm dealing with the grief of the death, death yeah. of my father. I've come through that. I'm going to now return to Ozeki and it didn't happen. Well, so. and this is, I mean, this is sports psychology 101, but when you've got an athlete in front of you saying, I haven't been myself lately, the first thing you want to do is turn around and go, who is myself? Yeah. And you? maybe this is about Mitakumi forging a new self-identity. The old Mitakumi, Ozeki Mitakumi, he's gone. Mm. Who is Mitakumi of 2024? Do you know what I'd love to see? Him at a stable like Nishon Ozeki or something with new techniques, yeah. new, like you say, sports psychology, 
a new way of, of motivating or training or preparing. I, uh, wow. I think you're so right about that. It'll never, ever happen. No. But how interesting is that to think about? Oh, it's very interesting. I think we need to do a Patreon episode mm. where we just think about that. Yeah. Silently. We like D&D it out or something. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Role play it. Yep. Role play it out. Love it. Chia Shoma. Yes. He got married. <laughs> yes, he did. February 17th, he went to a hotel in Tokyo, don't you know it, with his lady <laughs> and had a wedding ceremony and reception. He got married to a fellow Mongolian lady. Uh, there were 500 people there. Solid. Very solid. Solid. Um, all big fans of Chiyoshoma, I'm sure. His master, uh, his Oyakata, Kokonoe Oyakata, was there. And also the wife of the previous Oyakata of Kokonoe Bea, Chionofuji, oh, was wow. there as well. Okay. Um, and everybody's families. It's hard not to think about this ceremony and the moment where they exchange rings. He slips the ring on her oh, finger. No. She brings the ring in. Did the henker cross his mind? <laughs> At all. Because how funny would have that have been if he hankered the ring going on his finger? Just pulled the hand to the left, <laughs> slapped her down. <laughs> oh, that would have been slapped such. Her oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Or lost somehow, even though it's not about somehow. She, no, lost. she just leaves. She's oh. like, well, you did that to me this morning in the car. You yeah. wouldn't let me in the car. I kept no, driving off. She, he, He's in the car with the engine on. She <laughs> goes to get in. Yeah, he pulls away. <laughs> I'm sick of it. Oh, so good. You said you wouldn't do it anymore. You said you absolutely wouldn't do it on the wedding day. <laughs> I'm out. The man is born to hanker. <laughs> uh, Chia Shoma on the day uh, came out and said, I wasn't able to hold the wedding right away because of the coronavirus, but if I was single, I might have given up. What does that mean? It means that he was together and they weren't able to have the wedding ceremony, but he's very thankful. It's another moment of huge yeah, okay. wife appreciation. Yeah, right. Uh, he wasn't single. She was with him through his injuries. Oh, that's true. Because he did, did say, even though I was injured, I was able to get through it because I had my family. I have to continue to do my best for my family. Oh, beautiful words there. Mm. Um, his wife, well, he goes on to say, she always tells me, it's okay whether I win and lose. No, I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't know about that. Look, I don't mind the no sumo talk at home, but you can't be going, it's okay whether I win or lose. No, you've got to get a bit of money. We need you to earn yeah, a bit exactly, of exactly. Um He's in Jurio. Oh, yeah. You need to start getting some wins, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just a couple of wins. It's okay whether – it's okay if you uh, win or lose. you just got to win more times. Exactly. A few it, more that's times. exactly right. That's the sumo equation. He did uh, take a moment to vow that he wanted to return to Makuchi. Yeah, well, he should. But he went through his – uh, third back surgery in December. Oh, jeez, did he? Just a cheeky bit of back surgery oh, after God. the okay. um, after the basho in Kyushu. Back surgery. Yeah, that's no good. That's no good. Uh, moving on. So, I think we might have spoken about this at some point, but in uh, back in January, Tatsunami Rikishi, Kiryuko, and uh, younger stablemate Kokiryu saved an old man yeah. who had slipped. 
at a public bath, a sento in Japan. The old man um, had a heart attack. He had a heart attack, yeah. Yeah. And started sinking below the water. Yeah. So quick thinking, Kiryuko got in there, jumped in the water, pulled the man out, and then administered, and this was news to me, five rounds of CPR. It's so impressive. Before the elderly man opened his eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Five rounds. Yeah. That's each round is like, um, yeah, a certain amount of what chest compressions and then a round the of breath. The yeah. breath. I'll tell you what, that upper body strength in that time. Mm. Well, he's got stamina. It. He's got it. They've got it. So maybe not the stamina, but the upper body well, strength. Well, true, true. <laughs> he might have been breathing a bit hard by the end, but at least the guy was breathing. Yeah, exactly. End. And I, I really think this old man probably had very few choices but to start breathing because I'm sure that Kiryuko was putting the pressure on there. Uh, but the reason we're bringing this up now, because uh, since the Basho, these two Rikishi were awarded certificates of honour from the Tokyo Fire Department for their fast-thinking heroism. It's really, really this nice to see This is a beautiful sumo story. Rewarded in this way. I mean, we talk about the importance of Rikishi out in the community and what they do for people just with their, you know, performances in the basho. But to be out there actually saving people's lives. Yeah, well, you never know how you're going to respond in those situations. You oh, know, if something yeah. happens to someone, there's such a variety of ways you can help. Um, and sometimes in this day and age, it doesn't really come through from people to, to see them oh, just exactly. immediately yeah. spring into action and to know what to do was so uh, so impressive. So Kiryuko had some words about being given the award. He said, it is not easy to receive such an award. I want people to know that Rikishi and the JSA care about and love our community. I love Kiryuko. Well, I mean, come on. What an upstanding young man. Beautiful, beautiful words. So Kiryuko, he went three and four <laughs> at Makushta five. Aww. Just missed out on that possible jury oh. promotion, but I still think he'll be knocking on the door come March. And let's not forget, won that beautiful Makushta you show back in March of last year, seven and zero. Legend. Well, the other thing that we've seen happen in this time between January and March, Basho, were two of Hakuho's initiatives. One very new and exciting one, the Dream Cup, which was a tournament for girls and women to participate in, followed by the Hakuho Cup, which happens every year for boys. Yeah, so I think the Hakuho Cup was on the 10th, right? And Dream Cup on the 11th or, or the other way around. I think, yeah. So... This was a great turnout for the first, uh, hopefully, annual Dream Cup. There were 201 girls from 76 different sumo clubs. How good is that? Freaking awesome. Now, Hakuho was busy during the day. Okay. So, he, apparently, he had JSA commitments. Well, couldn't they let him out of it? What are they doing on a Sunday? I know. Couldn't they let him out of it? Maybe they don't want him to run it and he, oh. they put something on for him to do, some busy work. Jeez. You gotta stamp some let's get for himself. Let's get that in the tabloids. Um <laughs> but he did show up in the early evening and he did get there in time to see one of his daughters in oh, action. So good. He did miss the other uh, daughter, the younger sister in action, but did get to hand her a silver medal on the podium for her efforts. And he whispered, should have been gold. <laughs> well and she said, You should have been here to see it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and the other th- nice thing about the Dream Cup is that the medals um, were also presented by uh, Japan national sumo team representatives, stars Miku Yamanaka and Manaho Nozaki. Yeah, so huge inspiration for all of the girls participating. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful stuff. It presented by them. And Hakuho speaks so 
um, passionately about this side of his work. And he said, I believe that age and gender have nothing to do with the love of sumo. I mean, put that on a T-shirt. Yeah. Put that on a T-shirt. He knows how to quote, do quotes oh, for he the does. media, doesn't he? Well, He's a businessman, Huckle. He'd have a PR person, right? Probably, yeah. He's probably too busy to write this stuff down. Hopefully he's speaking I from like the heart, I feel like he though. is PR. Yeah. Yep. So he spoke about the, the Huckahaw Cup, which has been running since 2010. It's a tournament for boys. But the sisters of the athletes who came to the venue to support them said, we want to try sumo too. Mm. Yeah. Why not just combine the two? Well, maybe that's the end goal. That's got to be the end goal. I think um, in the – is there anywhere where they fight together, you know, in, in Japan? I guess it would be that thing about different – you know, development oh, times and... On a club level, maybe yeah. younger kids do. But there is this issue in that the Dream Cup was held at this futsal arena, yeah. not at the Kokugikan where yeah. the Hakuho Boys Cup is. I'm just so used to women's sport being treated yeah. like this. I don't even bat an eye, I suppose. But, yeah, I guess the goal would be to elevate it to the same yeah. Uh, stage is the Hakuho Cup and then perhaps combine it into a two-day event that's for girls and boys, whether they fight each other, I'm yeah. not sure, but it happens at the same time and it's the same um, competition. Yeah. I, I, it, it will get there eventually, mm. but it's these type of initiatives that will get it there eventually. Yeah. I think the surprise is that it's happened at all, to be uh, honest. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's backed by someone like Hakuho, so... I know that he's, you know, every day he's pissing the JSA off with everything that he's doing, <laughs> but the there's no doubt that he has weight behind him and money behind him and he's doing it. Uh, let's wait until he's running the JSA. <laughs> then sumo <laughs> is going to change. I mean, I'm interested to see what's going to happen. Um, I reckon that might be the end of talking sumo. Yes. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us. This has been so much fun. It's a long one. And it's long because there's so much great stuff to talk about with Sumo. These times in between are just fascinating. Well, they're fascinating in that I completely switch off Sumo. Yeah. And then get to start looking at you what we'll talk at about. Stuff you go, up. Oh my God. A lot has happened. Chia Shomo got married. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so much. Uh, we will be back in a week with our Banzuke episode. Uh, and I'm interested to see what happens. There's gonna be some big movements around the Makuchi Banzuke for sure. Uh, and we will be then join you every day of the March Basho coming from Osaka, Jurio live streams. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Yeah.